Entrepreneur on Fire 545. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. Where do I go to learn the latest about Adobe, WordPress, and Facebook ads? Lynda.com. Get access to over 2,000 video courses free for seven days by visiting lynda.com slash EOF. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash EOF. Tired of playing phone tag? Let them find you. Set up your eVoice 30-day free trial, plus get $5 off every month forever by going to eVoice.com, enter the promo code FIRE. That's eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Stuart Crane. Stuart, are you prepared to ignite Absolutely. Stuart is a seasoned entrepreneur of 25 plus years. Originally a programmer, he founded a software company in 1993, and after 20 years of growing the business, he sold it to a large healthcare IT company in 2013. He recently started TV Talk Network, LLC, now the largest producer of TV-related podcasts. Giving our listeners just a little overview, Stuart, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Okay, great. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah. I'm 48 years old, so I've kind of been around the entrepreneurial scene for, for quite a while. And um, I went to school at Ohio Westland University, and it was interesting because I actually um, uh, majored in computer science. So I was really you know, a computer nerd. I was into software, programming, databases, and all that. But I was really interested in, in business and, and entrepreneurship. So I knew I would start a company someday, but I didn't do that right out of college. I you know, got into learning more about computers, worked for some big companies, and started really getting into database programming, which was kind of fun for me. So um, this was really in like the late 80s, uh, 89, 90, 91, um, working on different projects, database projects. And really my entrepreneurial um, background, the, the bulk of it, is uh, this business that I started in 1993. Um, it's called CPR Plus, which stands for Complete Patient Records. And um, we, we, my partner and I started this company literally with $400. He put in $200 and I put in $200. And we developed a software package for pharmacies, for the specialty pharmacies, which you know, it was a, kind of a booming industry back then. And really to this day, it's very booming. Uh, intravenous medications and injectable medication. So the software was, was kind of great timing. So we got into that, developing the software, and we decided to start this company to sell it to the specialty pharmacies all across the country. So kind of long story short, it was it's kind of a rags to riches story that I can get into more detail, but we, we um, started writing the software in 91. This was before Windows. This was before the internet, really, at all, and um, started the company in 93, and long story short, 20 years later in 2013, in July of 2013, we ended up actually selling it, as you said in the intro. So the bulk of my experience is really with that company, CPR Plus. And then since then, I've started another company that I can talk about a little bit that's kind of um, new age and really fun and exciting in technology and in podcasting. So we can talk about a little bit about that. But uh, really, my bulk of my entrepreneurial experience has been this software company that 
I founded from scratch with my partner and built it up and, uh, and sold just this past summer. Well, Stuart, you know that I'm looking forward to the opportunity to chat about TV talk, being such a passionate podcast for myself. I love what you're doing in that niche in this industry. But before we get into your journey and everything else we're going to cover today, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote to really get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. Sure. Well, you know, I've obviously got tons of quotes like a lot of entrepreneurs have over their their years and everything. And uh, I heard this quote a while back, and it really was not my favorite quote um, during during my uh, years of building my business. But since I've sold the company, I've really kind of glommed onto it. Now, this quote is by James Dean: "Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today." So it's actually two quotes in one. Really, he's telling you, you know, dream as if you're going to live forever. And I really kind of think that's, that's so important because there's so much you can do and you know, there's so much time ahead of you potentially. But then the second part is, you know, you could really die, you know, anytime at any time. And I, you know, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, but now (laughs) it's like, you really need to live as if today is going to be your last day. So I like it, the two part quote and uh, just really great quote from James Dean. That really is a powerful quote on so many different levels. And Stuart, you're obviously living that with TV talk, selling a company that you built after 20 years, and then going into an industry that you have a passion for. And that's really exciting. And we're obviously, like I said, going to be talking about the startups and you know the struggles and the challenges and the successes with that in a little bit here. But before we do, I want you to tell us a story, Stuart, because that's what we do here at Entrepreneur on Fire. We tell stories. And the first story we want to hear is of a time that you failed, of a time that you just try something and it didn't work. Like really take us down to the ground level, Stuart, and tell us that story. We want to be there with you when you failed and tell us what those lessons you learned were. Sure, sure. And this is, um, I'm thinking about this, it's a great little story about failure that I was a big, big part of this failure, although there was a lot of pieces to it. And I just want to get to the kind of the nut of it. But there was a company I worked for after I graduated college, but before I started my CPR Plus company, which is that software company that I built for 20 years, it was actually before that. I worked for a company uh, here in, I live in Columbus, Ohio. It's based out of Columbus, Ohio. And it it basically had over 100 people at the company when I joined the company. And I was their database uh, software programmer when I joined the company. And and as soon as I got in there, I learned everything about this company. Um, I worked in the office, the actual office of the the vice president. And he's doing deals on the phone. I'm listening to what he's doing. I'm just really sucking in information. But the failure part of it is over the course of probably about six months to a year, the company went from 100 plus employees down, 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 down. They basically went down to nothing. I was the very last employee at the company. Long story short, they're, you know, the, the founders of the company uh, took a lot of venture capital. They took basically 7 to $8 million in venture capital, and they kind of ran it into the ground. They spent more money than they had, and then they negotiated to sell the company um, without um, – talking with the investors and they got fired. The founders of this company got fired. I mean, I couldn't like fathom that, but I was young and I'm learning all this. So what I'm doing this time is I'm learning the failures of this company and all the things they did wrong, what they did wrong with venture capital and with their employees and their, their profit and loss and so forth and, and the decisions they made. Now, they, they did a lot of good things too, 
So I'm just sucking in all this information. And I was young and I didn't have a, a lot of expenses and so forth. So I stayed with the company as everyone got let go and got fired from 120 employees down to one. And that one employee was me. And I ended up working with the bank because there was a lien on the company that the bank had. And I was always like, well, how could the bank get the company when there's been $7 million put into it by these investors? And the bank just put in, I think it was a $500,000 loan. But you know, I was young and green and, and it's really debt versus equity. They basically had to lean on the company. They loaned the company money wasn't paid back. So I was working with the bank at the very end to try to, you know, get the the last bit of value out of this, this failed company. So, um, they missed payroll like month after month after month. And so it was really, um, a, a big failure of a whole company, not necessarily me personally, although I could have done some things better. I think the lesson that I learned is living through a failed company. And then I was like, I wrote down all these things and I thought all the things, when I start my company, I'll know exactly what not to do as far as that's concerned. And then I learned from the successes that they did have because they had a lot of happy customers and I knew how they made their customers happy. So um, I finally ended up not uh, having any more income from that company. The bank just basically wrote it off as a, as a loss. And that's when I started working with other um, companies here in Columbus and, and found somebody to partner up with to develop this software for the, for the pharmacy industry. So that, that's the failure that, that I can share with your listeners right there. Pull out one of those failures that you wrote down that you promised yourself that you would not replicate. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is really taking that venture capital money. I mean, in their cases, it would millions, but whatever amount it is, take that money and then basically mismanage the company where you're not looking at the money coming in versus the money going out. And you get into a situation where you're just upside down. And so in my businesses going forward for, 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 for the CPR Plus business, we were bootstrapped. So we bootstrapped that company from the $400. We never went out and got venture capital, never went out and got any other um, debt other than uh, to do some acquisitions. And that was paid back uh, in full. Hundred percent, and we had uh, collateral, obviously, from uh, from those loans. But so, really, it was to you know learn from taking money from others, whether it's debt or equity, and running your company so that um, you're always ahead of the game. And twenty years later, when you went to the negotiating table, it must be a lot more fun to be negotiating with a large chunk of equity and ownership in a company. Yeah, it was. I mean, my partner and I had been approached uh, many times by private equity firms, by our competitors and by just a lot of people about either putting in money to the company or just buying us out completely. And he and I always had the plan of, we are not going to take on somebody as an investment. It was just not our style. Not that that's not a great, you know, good thing for other people, but we knew we were either going to sell out the company 100% to some buyer that we get the, the entire value of it, or we just keep running it. And it was very, very profitable at the time we sold it. So we were making a lot of money, but we were to sell it, we would get all, all of it. So it was, a, it was an all-cash deal, and, we, and it worked out great for us. So during your failure story, you said you also did pick up one or two or you know multiple really good things that came out of that company as well, like things that they were doing positively. Just share with Fire Nation one thing, Stuart, that you pulled out that you've applied in your life. Okay, great. Yeah, I think that one of the successful com- uh, things that this company did was to take care of their customers on a on a, like a customer service level they literally knew 
what they were providing to their customers. It was database uh, consumer information and the software that I, writ- that I wrote. And we had a, a help desk, essentially, of about, I think it was 12 to 15 people. And we knew how to run that help desk. We knew how to take care of the customers. When they called in, they would get somebody very quickly on the phone without a phone tree and all that. Right. And then these customer support reps knew what they were doing. They knew exactly how to help them, and they would document everything they did. So if somebody called back in, they were very personable. So when I started my software company, I knew that we would have a very big help desk, and we did. We probably had 30-plus people in our help desk at CPR+. Plus, and I knew that we needed to take care of the customers. We needed to know the answers to their questions and treat them very well because a lot of it was phone. It's all over the phone and through the internet. Um, so that was really the, the great thing that they did that I learned. And I did replicate that with my company. And it was a huge value to build that company because the customers just loved us. And then, of course, they're, they're going to be advocates for when you're going to sell another system. They're all, oh, yeah, we love CPR Plus. We love those guys. So that, that was great. That is just such a great takeaway. I mean, Fire Nation, think about the last time you called a company and you were like, I'm having this problem. And they're like, okay, one second. And then a person picks up and says, hello, I can help you with that. And then they do. I mean, I walk away with the best feeling about that company. And I keep going back to them for more. And I talk about them and I refer them to other friends because that's what customer service is. And Stuart, What I want to do with you right now is transition to the other end of the spectrum. Let's again, you told a great story during the failure segment. So let's carry that over to the aha segment where you had that moment, that light bulb that went off and you said, wow, this resonates with me, Stuart Crane. Take us to that moment, Stuart. And what steps did you take to turn that idea into success? The aha moment I had uh, when we were building CPR Plus, and um, I was the programmer. I, I wrote the software. It was really when we hired our first our first programmer, other than myself. Um, we hired this this programmer very young. He was literally only seventeen years old, wow. but he was he was the smartest cookie you would ever imagine. I mean, he knew all this stuff about programming, and he was he was way better than me. And I was actually pretty good. And the aha moment, John, was really realizing that hiring somebody to do what you do is one of the best things you can do for your company. It basically freed me up to do so much more for the company in terms of uh, growing the company, building the company, and working with other employees when he was able to basically take over my duties and do those things. We still work together for, for quite a bit. And then we got another programmer and another program. So really in the early stages of the business, you know, I was pretty green as far as, you know, how do you build a, a company? And, and I had heard things about, you know, how you get employees and that. But really the aha moment was getting that first programmer to replace me personally and free me up to do so much more. It was, it was a great moment. I love that moment, Stuart, because as entrepreneurs, all we have is time. And when we can scale our time, when we can leverage our abilities, that's when great things start to happen. So boil it down for Stuart into one takeaway that you want Fire Nation to walk away with from this experience. Well, I would say it's really that. It's basically finding someone that is even better than you that can do what you do and get them on board to do your work and then take the next step to take to the next level because you know what your business needs to do. But if you're just working in it all the time, then it's not going to grow. Stuart, as an entrepreneur, you've had a lot of great moments, but share with Fire Nation now your proudest entrepreneurial moment. Again, tell us that story. Take us there. 
it's a culmination, really. And I think a lot of the listeners right now can kind of guess what I'm going to say here. But, um, you know, on July 18th, 2013, we closed on the sale of my company, which was really, you know, uh, kind of 22 years in the making. It was 1991 when we started writing the software, 1993 when we started the business with literally $400. I put in $200, my partner put in $200. And, and it took a while. It took months or years to really, you know, get that buyer to um, to the to the table and then close on them. But the sale of the company was over forty three million dollars. So we basically Whoa. took four hundred dollars and turned it to forty three million dollars <laughs> over the course of twenty two years. And of course, we made a lot of money along the year along the way. But it was really so proud to be able to say, you know, I basically did something. That that's pretty big, you know, and not that oh we I, we had to sell the company. I I could have continued doing it, but it was really it was closure, and it's it allowed me to move on and do other things. And I think the the second thing, as far as the proudest, happened on the exact same day, on July eighteenth, we went out to dinner with the buyers of the company, the the CFO and the CEO and the the business development guys, and had a big dinner, a big celebration, and I was sitting there at the table. And this was just kind of come up in, in passing when we were talking about. And they, this is a company that looks at acquisitions all the time. They look at hundreds of acquisitions. They're private equity backed, so the private equity companies are looking for you know companies to buy and grow. And I'm talking to the CFO at dinner, and he basically said to me, "You know, we've been looking at companies for 15, 20 years, hundreds of companies." And not just the ones we've bought, but the ones we look at to buy. We've analyzed them. And you guys are by far the best run company that we have ever encountered. Wow. And that just blew my mind. I was more pr- almost more proud of hearing that than the $20 million that got transferred into my bank account a couple <laughs> hours earlier. Just to hear that from the C- CFO who's basically come across all these companies. Now, it's not necessarily that we made the most money of all the companies he's come into or basically been the best, but he said the best run company. So that was really neat to hear, and I was so proud of that. Rightfully so. And turning $200 into $20 million in 20 years, there's some pretty nice flow there. $200, $20 million, 20 years. Really right. cool stuff. And that's a Warren Buffett-type return on investment, Stuart. So my hat's off to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, Stuart, Fire Nation is made up of entrepreneurs, soon-to-be-preneurs, small business owners, and you've had quite the journey as an entrepreneur, so I know you can resonate with the entrepreneurial journey, the highs, the lows, this emotional roller coaster that we're on. Share with Fire Nation your philosophy of the entrepreneurial journey. Well, it, like you said, there is highs and lows. You're on a roller coaster. Uh, one day, you know, you, you make a deal, you make a sale, or something happens great that you build, that you create, that actually works. Um, and then the next day, something screws up, or there's a bug in the software. In our case, we did software, so we have some bad days. So, you know, I think that that's exactly it. It's really the ups and downs with it, but you have to stay consistent. You have to stay positive and persist and all that. And I think business is really that. It's it's a long haul. As you just mentioned, I mean, it was 20 plus years that really it took us to to get to to where and and really we were not that big when we sold we had about 75 80 employees and you hear deals now like WhatsApp and Instagram they you know so it's all relative but really all of it is really being positive and being persistent and just every day grinding it out and and, and doing the best you can for your customers 
So Stuart, let's bring things to present times. Let's talk about today. Share with Fire Nation what has you fired up right now. Well, and it's something that you're fired up as well, and, <laughs> you and that's it. podcasting. Uh, podcasting is really taking off. There's a lot of great things going on in that industry. We're doing something at TV Talk that that get, gets to interactive podcasting, where the listeners can actually be part of the action and interact with the podcast with with talkback. We call them talkback clips. So I'm, I'm excited about podcasting and what we're doing with podcasting. And then kind of to take it to the next level, you know, we're trying to do some things with some big partners where we partner up with very large companies that have the reach of millions and millions of listeners that are already out there that they're already reaching. And if we do a partnership deal with them, then basically they come into the fold as being podcast listeners. So we're building some really cool stuff. And um, we're in a fun industry, and if we can do these big deals, you know, it could be something that people, it could be um, household names of some of the th- stuff we're, we're working on. So we'll see what happens, but it is exciting just to, you know, day in and day out, see what we can build and create and, and bring to the listeners. It's incredibly exciting, Stuart, and I know that you know how just passionate I am about podcasting. You, our mutual friend Cliff Ravenscraft, Pat Flynn, just really kind of going all in in this world of podcasting. And you know, for me, I recently launched Podcasters Paradise, which now has over 600 members and more people are joining all the time. And I went up to the iTunes headquarters a couple months ago and they sat us down. It was myself and Lewis Howes and they shared with us like how huge podcasting is for the iTunes store and what a lead generator it is for them. And even though it doesn't generate them any direct income, it generates so much income for iTunes overall because of the amount of people it brings brings to the iTunes store and then sitting down with Noah Shannock, uh, Stitcher Radio up in San Francisco and having him just show us the office and the amount of people that are working for Stitcher going into cars. I mean, people, Stuart, as you know, are going to be sitting in their cars in the morning driving to work. They're going to turn on Stitcher Radio and listen to TV talk. And it's just so exciting that that's going to be taking the listenership to the next level. It's going to be taking the brand knowing and understanding to the next level just of that word podcasting. So Really exciting stuff. A lot of really just neat things that are coming up, even just here in 2014. So as you can tell, I'm fired up. And Stuart, let me ask you this. What do you see just over the horizon for podcasting? What's something that excites you that's coming up here in the future? Well, it's tough to say because things happen so fast. Um, one thing you know we're trying to bring is, like I said, this interactive podcasting where people can basically get their voices heard and using apps because you know maybe Stitcher would do that and they put it into their app where people can actually talk back to the podcast. That's something that you know maybe that's going to be big. I think, like you said, though, um, the biggest thing really is in Dash. You know, in the cars where you go in there, and a lot of it is the the path of least resistance right now. People get in their cars, and what do they do? They push the on button on their radio. Radio, you know, well, what radio? Well, FM, AM, and then of course Sirius XM. But if they can have a dash and just push, you know, their um, subscribe to podcast, whether it's TV Talk or Entrepreneur on Fire or many others that they're out there that people like, it, it, it makes it easy for them to listen to us. So I think the key for podcasting really is getting that hurdle so that people don't just turn on their radio and listen to their local broadcasts of their local stations or Sirius XM, maybe they actually have their on demand content right there. So, you know, Ford's looking at, you know, putting a lot more with their Sync app. 
um, or their sync connection. And then all these other card uh, manufacturers are looking to put apps and podcasting right into the dash. So it's going to be interesting uh, because that's the path of least resistance is so important for the podcasting to get over that hump so that they're the ones that people push. So DVRs were very successful in the TV world where people wanted to record their TV shows. If we can get podcasts to such a way where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to the podcast, not just listen to these guys, you know, blah, blah, blah with ads all all morning <laughs> on, on the talk, then, then that's, I think, a better situation for podcasting. 100%. And one of the most excited things that iTunes shared with me that they're just fired up about is only four out of 10 people even know what a podcast is in the United States. I mean, that is just so much room for growth. And these inboard dashes that we're talking about, this already in Mazda and Ford and BMW, and this going into every car coming out in late 2014, early 2015, is just going to really be opening up so many people's eyes to this new world of podcasting that's so exciting. And Stuart, before we dive into the lightning rounds, let's thank our sponsors. You hear your phone ringing. After you run over and pick it up, you look at the screen and realize you don't recognize the number. Should you pick it up? What if it's a telemarketer? Ew, you definitely don't want to talk to them. Or maybe it's that new business opportunity you've been waiting to hear about, but you're not really prepared to pitch this very second. Yikes, you've got a lot of stressful possibilities that wait on the other end. Don't worry, I've got some good news for you. I know about a single solution that can help with all of this. It's called eVoice. Don't want to ever be caught off guard by a call again. eVoice will transcribe your voicemails and email them straight to you so you can decide when and how to respond. You'll show those telemarketers who's boss. eVoice is giving Fire Nation $5 off per month forever on top of their 30-day free trial. So just go to eVoice.com, enter promo code FIRE. That makes eVoice under 8 bucks a month. eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. I'm a huge fan of the Adobe Creative Cloud, which is a subscription-based offer that gives you access to all of Adobe software programs like Photoshop, Illustrator, Acrobat, Audition, and more. But when I first started using these programs, I didn't have a clue how to actually use them. It was pretty frustrating for a while. I felt like I was taking shots in the dark to see what my next guess would be on the right one. And then I realized I was wasting a ton of time guessing when I could have actually been learning from the experts themselves how to properly use these programs. And that's when I signed up at lynda.com and immediately had access to over 2,000 video courses, many of which focus on walking you through how to use every one of these Adobe programs. Sound like something that might save you a ton of frustration and time too? All you have to do is visit lynda.com slash EOF to try lynda.com for free for seven days. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash E-O-F. And Stuart, we've now reached my favorite part of the show, the lightning rounds, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, in this case, really, it's probably the same as what a lot of people are struggling with maybe right now or they had struggled prior to becoming an entrepreneur. And that's that I had a job. I had a, I had a good job. Um, I was very well paid and I was basically doing things I like to do. And without having something that you've built or something that you can go and sell or that you can make a business out of, it, it keeps you from 
you know, becoming an entrepreneur because it's like, hey, I, you know, I'm okay, going to work. I had a job. So really, you know, that was it. And then once I got into these database projects and um, I met my partner and my partner needed this application built, then, oh, that's it. That's what we can make a business out of. So really, that's it. Just you're already kind of in the job. You're good to go <laughs> to kind of hold you back. Stuart, what's the best advice you've ever received? Well, I don't know how many of the Fire Nation listeners uh, have heard this book, but if any of you haven't, you need to get it as soon as you're done with this podcast. And that's a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Um, I came across that book, my partner and I, pretty early in the stages of building our business. And it was just absolutely the best business advice we, we had received. And it, and it allowed us to really grow our business and become extremely successful. It basically tells you to build your company with the intent to sell it, even if you're not going to sell it. Talks about franchises and how they do things to put in processes and get others to do the work on the day-to-day basis to basically automate your business. And so the biggest quote out of that book, which is fantastic, is for entrepreneurs to work on your business and not in your business. So if you're working on it, you're making it better. If you're actually working in the business in the day-to-day, then you're not going to be as successful. So the best business advice I receive is really the this, this stuff that Michael Gerber has in E-Myth. Love that. Can you share one of your personal habits, Stuart, that you believe contributes to your success? I would say my, my best personal habit has always been my positive attitude. Um, I have one of the best attitudes that, that, that I know of or people <laughs> that I know. And people always tell me, like, God, you have such a positive attitude. And it's, it's the positive attitude and the act of thinking positive on a day-to-day basis and really thinking about your business and then how you're going to do it and that you will do it. So you have to have that positive attitude. Now, you got to act. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can just be happy and think positive all the time and, you know, that's going to basically, you know, win you um, your business. But really, I think it's the foundation of everything. If you don't have the positive attitude to begin with, then all else really, you know, is much more difficult. Stuart, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote, like the great TV talk app that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? Well, yeah, and it's it's actually something that everybody has heard of, and they hear about it ten or you know hundred times a day, and that's Twitter. Um, Twitter can be the worst internet resource there is, depending <laughs> on who you follow, but it can be the best internet resource because what it does is it allows you to go to all the internet resources that are out there because of the fact that Twitter posts these links and uh, links to articles and links to websites and tells you things from some of the smartest people and some of the most in- and whatever you're interested in you follow those people on Twitter or you go to their feeds and they will take you to the best things on the internet so if if you don't use Twitter and I'm not saying that Twitter is the resource to go and post things that helps other people but to consume it. And that's where I go. And when I first get up in the morning after I check my email, I'm looking on Twitter to say, what's out there? What's going on? Because the people that I follow on Twitter are going to point me to the best places on the internet. Who's one person you follow you'd recommend? Steve Case. He was the founder of AOL. He has just phenomenal resources and he would be the first person I would recommend You know, any of the um, Entrepreneur on Fire listeners to go and follow Steve Case. Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we're chatting about in today's episode at eofire.com slash Stuart Crane. And Stuart, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners in addition to the E-Myth Revisited. 
What would it be? Okay, well, this is my all-time favorite book on business and probably always will be. And that's a book called How to Get Rich. I mean, think about that, How to Get Rich. I mean, it's pretty preposterous, but (laughs) that's the name of the book. And it was written by Felix Dennis. And Felix Dennis probably is close to a billionaire. And he started these magazines back in the 70s like, um, you know, PC Magazine and PC World. And then he, he basically became a magazine magnet. And um, he, he created a lot of those. And then a Maxim magazine, if you heard of Maxim magazine, he founded that. He founded hundreds of magazines and he became kind of a magazine uh, entrepreneur and almost billionaire. So the book that he wrote called How to Get Rich talks directly to you. It doesn't you know, just say, all, all the, it basically is like you're having a conversation with him and he's talking to you like you're sitting literally at a bar or in his living room. And if there's one book I can recommend people, you know, get right now, other than E-Myth, obviously, but really is How to Get Rich by Felix Dennis. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Stuart, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Yeah, I love that one. That's a great question. (laughs) And in my case right now where I stand, I, I really would need to go out and find other very, very successful people and approach them immediately and go work for them. Um, it would be difficult for me to take $500 and actually build a business because I knew it took me 22 years to really get a big business and actually probably half of that to get it going. But it takes time. It takes a lot of time and uh, I I wouldn't do that. And then my business now, it takes a lot of money. I put a lot of money into TV talk. So I couldn't really do either of those things. So my answer to your question is really, I would go out and find other very successful people and get in there and say, hey, I have this knowledge. I have this experience. I want to help you make even more money. And it would be fun to work with other successful people as well. Well, Stuart, I have so enjoyed hearing your journey and rapping with you about a passion that we both share, which is podcasting. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance. Share the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, thanks, John. I really appreciate you having me on. And really, I think it's just, you know, have a great positive attitude and every day get up and be excited about what you're doing. That's the most important thing and go at it hard every single day. As far as how you can reach me, um, basically just go to tvtalk.com. That's our, our business is TV Talk. And, and I love, we, we basically sponsor the Fire Nation, the Entrepreneur on Fire. Yeah. Fabulous thing. So, you know, TV Talk is what I'm doing now. Go out and check it out. Wonderful. Well, Stuart, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've been chatting about, TV talk, the book recommendation, resources, everything at eofire.com. Just type in Stuart in our search bar and his show notes page will pop right up, Fire Nation. And Stuart, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Fire Nation, are you in a mastermind? 
How about joining hundreds of fellow podcasters who can help you navigate iTunes, Adobe Audition, and other programs that you might be struggling with? Podcasters Paradise has it all. And in addition to an amazing community of over 350 podcasters, Paradise offers you all the video tutorials, tools, and resources you need to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. Come check out one of our live webinars at podcastersparadise.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.